coming up on Verse Chorus Verse. What do you get when you combine, let's see, we'll say dry 90s wit with beatnik-like worldview. Fashion Nugget is next. Hello, everyone. Hello, David. Welcome to episode 93 of Verse Chorus Verse. I am DL with me is Rachel, perhaps, perhaps, polio. Rachel, how are you tonight? I'm great. I have so many snacks and drinks. <laughs> when we do the finale episode, yeah. I'm just going to have you sit with me for five minutes and see what I go through in editing. <laughs> Evil thinks Rachel is an open book, Jimmy. <laughs> Evil, how, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. I'm, I'm very calm. Oh. Calmer than you Calmer are. Calmer than you are, dude. Did you just do yoga or something? What's up? No. Noga. I don't, I don't know. I'm fine. That was good. <laughs> Why was that so funny? It really was. Sorry, I'm not that with it tonight. And I'm going to keep not being with it tonight for multiple reasons. I'm in a hotel in shithole Nevada. I'm sorry, Reno, Nevada. Um, sorry. Well, I always say that, you know, people from Reno, you know what you are. Like. <laughs> There goes oh, all our wow. Reno listeners. They know it's the worst. They know half the people are awesome. Uh, the place is not. They know it. <laughs> Let us know. They do now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's weird. We don't have any listeners in Nevada anymore. I don't know what happened. <laughs> I'm really tired. It's been a long week, but I'm excited for this. Trust me. I'm still going to be with it because I'm really excited to talk about this album. I'm going to wing it a little bit. And not just because I haven't had time to fucking make notes, but I also only have one screen and I was kind of thinking about doing this anyway, but I feel so confident in my knowledge of this album's track by track. No notes. I'm going to go no notes. Wow. Um, Yeah. than me. We're going to see how it goes. And this will be a good test for, it's either going to bomb and I'm going to have eight pages for the rest of my life. It's going to go well and I'm probably still going to have eight pages for the rest of my life. (laughs) (laughs) Studying for... This episode, Rachel, Dude. you had kind of already done it. Right. Fun. Okay, I get it. I already did it. Yeah. I mean, I just went in a little bit deeper. I couldn't really think of it. Um, there it is. <laughs> Lyrically in this album than I did when we just did all the albums. I didn't really sit and think of the meaning of every song and mm-hmm. look at all the lyrics as much uh, last time. So this time I did that. So, But it was a very much of just a review for me because it was just a couple weeks ago so evil who is uh very much in the know with 90s music how much was this album a part of your life when it was fresh and new this album not a ton i owned it i was much more into cake as a band with their neck the following two albums prolonging the after, magic yeah prolonging the magic and, and comfort eagle. comfort eagle so we already did the cake dissection um, i know i feel a little behind because you've conspired behind my back it's true so you did this with system yeah. of a down with me just throwing that out there Ooh, david cheats face. with everyone <laughs> uh and i also just realized that the cake episode hasn't even it releases in two days so you haven't even gotten to hear the episode no i and i almost reached out to ask you hey can i hear an advanced copy but <laughs> i want to be surprised by what you guys have to say I, i'm sure we're going to 
talk a little bit about some of the things you guys talked about in that episode. We'll start with something that's kind of like that, that might surprise you, might not. Uh, Rachel is way more into the more recent cake, like Pressure Chief and Showroom of Compassion. Yeah, she really, really likes it. She does. Me, not so much. That's interesting. Um, I'm very, Cake has three unbelievably amazing albums and then three good albums. Okay. That's my... That's my stance. We are talking about the one album that we didn't really talk about in the dissection because it deserves its own episode, and that is Fashion Nugget by Cake. Before we get into that, you children in the 90s that are so excited, we got to get to the most important part of the night. What are we drinking? I'll start because I'm probably the most boring. (laughs) I'm at a hotel tonight, went down to the little lobby store thing. It's been a kind of a half manual labor, half sales schmoozing day i'm fucking exhausted so my mountains are blue (laughs) and i'm drinking some water beer they call coors light (laughs) and you know what it's actually really fucking delicious right now do you have one in each hand i do now (laughs) (laughs) i thought you were holding it on one side and then i saw it pop up on the other side magic i'm actually i'm a switch drinker aren't you supposed to duct tape it to your hands edward 40 hands the (laughs) only time i ever did that was a night that i did terrible terrible things uh so i won't be doing that ever again go on no i can't there's like illegal things and no i don't remember a lot of it yeah rachel what are you drinking i also have a whole cake so um i am drinking uh, a shock top because that was in the which fridge. i didn't know they still um, made and also a they do Thought apparently. that was a thing Who in knew? the past and then i have a double margarita with 800 Blanco <laughs> something. Yeah, um. It was a very fancy <laughs> bottle. I have a lot of tequila at my was, house. I really like that tequila. Yeah, I got a bunch of bottles when I got engaged. And then when people come over to my house, they just bring me tequila. Nice. And so... I guess we were supposed to get her something for her being engaged. You didn't? Assholes. <laughs> Evil. What are you drinking? I blanked. I was like, oh, what should I make tonight? I know. And so I'm like, ah, looks like a Frank Sinatra themed cocktail. Apparently he just drank Jack. And I'm oh. like, I don't have any Jack Daniels. So that's not Did he work. really? Yeah. Jack on the rocks. That sounds right. Pretty much all the time. What a guy. Yeah. So I made a martini, which I, like I don't, it. I don't often crave a martini, but it just seemed right. So just a martini. I drank a martini in the last episode I recorded, I think. Hmm. Clean, dirty. What kind of martini do you drink? I like a citrusy martini, orange bitters, mm-hmm. two to one, gin to vermouth, lemon. Shake, stir? Stir. Of course. Because I'm not a savage. Mm. I shake. I like mm-hmm. it. Oh my God. I made my drink in a uh, blender bottle today. <laughs> I my, my martini shaker. I love a blended martini. <laughs> Wait, you're just fucking like eating? (laughs) (laughs) People just listening, there's a cake that looks like someone's been eating it like a hamburger. I'm eating a whole... It's a whole fucking cake that she's using... Which just like bites out of the side. I have a fork! (laughs) You speak of savages, like you don't cut pieces of cake. You just like fuck everybody else in the house. This is my cake. God damn. Gotta claim your territory sometimes. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. That's what we're drinking. Still going strong with my uh, morning 10 second album reviews. I am very close to quitting TikTok and figuring out another (laughs) way to do them because uh, 
Are they getting uh, good views? Tic Tac. Like, how's it doing? Oh, it's not a view thing. Okay. I don't give a shit about views. It's doing. It's doing well. It's the feedback. The feedback is fucking nasty. Oh, like, do tell people. Is it are, feedback on TikTok or oh, feedback pe- somewhere else? They message you, and and oh. it's either like you're a fucking idiot, get the fuck off the, or it's you know inappropriate. <laughs> Those damn Gen Z uh, kids. TikTok is a horrible place. Do not let your kids on fucking TikTok. Here's man. the the dirty Holy secret shit. of TikTok. Is TikTok is owned by a Chinese company in China. Oh, I know. They like curate it to where, I mean, it's it's made to be addictive. It's like a dopamine hit, like scroll and see more stuff. Right. Within the boundaries mm-hmm. of China, it's all positive stuff, like trying to coerce their youth into good habits and positivity. Outside of China, it's like, let's burn this motherfucker down. <laughs> so it's encouraged to be trolls and do that kind of stuff. So I'm not, I'm, I'm not surprised. Oh, so I'm trying to think of a different way to do it. Maybe I'll do like do a week of them, little mini, mm. you know, 70 second video on Instagram or something mm. like that. Because it's just mm. fucking terrible. That said, I have stuck with it. I've done great. <laughs> but I have a question for you, Evil. Yes. The last four days, we'll say. I've been working my ass off, going everywhere during a conference, manual labor, not nothing like lifting fucking sandbags or some shit, but, you know, exhausting 10, 12 hour days. Sure. A, should you feel bad that your training regimen is interrupted by that? And B, should you just consider those days part of your training regimen? Or what are your thoughts on that style? Yeah. If you know it's like a finite, like I got this week or whatever, it's just going to be balls crazy, high stress levels. I would say in the overall effort to minimize stress on your body, if you don't get a workout in, maybe try to go for a walk, get outside, get some sunlight, make sure you're eating pretty well and trying to get as much sleep as possible. Don't worry about missing workouts if your stress levels outside are abnormally high for a short period of time. No, that's great though, because then essentially, you know, I have to be at a thing at 7 a.m. Yeah. I probably won't be back to my room until 10 p.m. And that's without even getting a chance to eat and stuff. So right. I, a good way to look at it is trying to remember that diet and sleep are actually the important thing. So right. get that yep. extra hour and a half of sleep instead yep. of getting up to work yep. out. At the end of the day, like workouts are inherently stressful to your body. If you're already redlining stress, you don't want to add to that. It's best to like really put building positives far ahead of trying to reduce negatives. So many useful tips from evil workout Jimmy. (laughs) Wait, evil training Jimmy. (laughs) Rachel, what about you? How are you doing? Actually, it was a really good week for working out for me. I have a friend at work that wanted to do the... 75 hard. That's what she said. If you've ever heard of that. What that is. It's working out (laughs) two 45 minute workouts a day, gallon of water, follow a diet, whether it be, you know, whole foods, vegan, whatever, just stick to it, get enough sleep. What else is on there? You said something that free fitness tip. (laughs) We'll get it. We'll get a second one. The best diet Mm -hmm. is the one you'll stick to. Well, that was consistency over anything Mm -hmm. else honestly one of the points of that is it doesn't matter which one you choose just pick one and and stick to it we want to talk about a very cool album very of its time and very unique we're going to take a break we'll be right back all right we are back. We are dissecting the album Fashion Nugget by Cake. 
released in 1996. It is a very good length of 48 minutes long, categorized as funk rock, alt rock, alt country, <laughs> Latin rock. I would put it under a couple other things. I could see having a lot of trouble with this genre. The label is Capricorn. It is their sophomore album, which leads me to my first question. Evil, how familiar are you with Motorcade of Generosity? About the same as this album. So I know them decently Oh, okay. Well. Yeah. Uh, which one do you like more? This one I like more. Okay. Rachel, I think Motorcade was kind of lower on it. I think it was like your second least. I didn't love it. No. I tend to think that it's, again, the pancake analogy. The first albums a lot of time are just the practice album. Gotcha. It wasn't bad. But it no, wasn't I dig it. Um, anything amazing. But Rachel and I did both, and it wasn't planned. We were already planning on doing this as a DL's 10 out of 10. Uh, but Rachel and I, this is both her and I's favorite cake album. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. That answers yeah. one of the questions that I had. I think that Fashion Nugget and Prolonging the Magic are two, at least without considering, I'd say eight to nine out of 10 albums. Mm -hmm. But I do think this one, I can automatically in my head think of every single song and I, I love them. I think every single song on this might be one that I'm iffy about. Oh. Which brings Which us to <laughs> what is everybody's favorite song? I will go first. And this is kind of cheating again because Rachel and I both oh, yeah. already kind of got the ins on this. But it could have changed. When we did the dissection, it's best song, not favorite. Mm -hmm. So this is favorites. But I still do think your favorite song on this album, Rachel, is Open Book. For the same reasons we talked about. Book metaphors. Sing about, I a, do love books. Sing about a chick. You do love chick. <laughs> Um, to a degree. Plus, it's a good song. Evil, it's too simple to do. It's too simple not to do. But I have some thoughts on this song that we'll talk about later. And I am saying The Distance is your favorite song on the album. Rachel, what about you? Okay, so a fun thing about me is I have the worst memory ever. So <laughs> I'm not cheating and guessing yours because I honestly Ooh, don't remember I like what it. I had written down and I didn't look at my old notes. <laughs> I put down the distance for you, even though it seemed really easy. There's a lot more to it, mm -hmm. I think, when I dug into the song that I was like, this is actually mm -hmm. a lot more than just a pop hit. He, absolutely. Evil <sighs> is an enigma. I guessed sad songs and waltzes. <laughs> I, <laughs> really? I like me some Willie yeah. Nelson, so that's... That's <laughs> kind of... That was the vibe that I got off of it, and I was like, maybe he likes it because it's different. I don't know. I like that's it. That's funny. Evil, what about you? I feel horribly uncreative. This is a very lyrically interesting album to comb through, for sure. Hell yeah, it is. And knowing that Rachel will really dive into the lyrics when going over an album, like I'm like, what am I going to pick for her? So when you said <laughs> that I thought she was an open book, I'm like, there, I'm going to use that one. But then you picked that for her. I did. You can't I'm just, both pick it. I'm going to go with it because I don't have yep. a better answer, honestly. It's so and easy. I was going to pick The Distance for you because it seems like the obvious one. It does. I mean, it's the easy choice, but it almost feels like cheating. <laughs> it really does. Sometimes the easy one's the right one. Yeah, so I'm my uninteresting answer to the quiz. So we're all kind of around the same ballpark, really. Mm -hmm. A lot of people like a lot of the same. So oh, shit. Should have picked something different for Rachel. God you damn it. You dumb fuck. Oh, well. Okay. You're going to feel like a dumb fucking idiot. I would change my answer right now if I could. But hey, this is the problem <laughs> with not having notes, people. Okay. Do you know what songs are on this album? I think I could list it track by track. This was a big one for me in my childhood. Uh, but I am going to have to pull up Wikipedia to give you the personnel. I do know 
John McRae being mm-hmm. lead vocals, playing front guitar, just acoustic, I believe. Greg Brown on guitar. Thank you, Bortz. Do you want me to tell you? I can just tell you. The trumpet. Okay, yeah, go ahead, Rachel. Uh, you do it. John McRae on lead vocals, acoustic guitar, and keyboards. Greg Brown on electric guitar and keyboards. Vince uh, Di Fiore, trumpet and percussion. Victor, I'm going to butcher it. Diamani, somebody help me. I think it's Damiani. <laughs> Damiani. Okay, uh, on bass. Yeah. Todd Roper on drums and percussion, and then Greg Vincent played the pedal steel guitar on track 12. Oh, yeah, yeah. he did. Yeah. Uh, she'll come back to yep. me. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Stats. Speaking of stats, mm-hmm. do you have the Wikipedia up? I think um, double platinum. Platinum in the States. I think double platinum's in the States, and then I know yes, it went at least it. gold in Australia. Absolutely true. Yes, gold in Australia, gold in Canada, double platinum in the States. End of year charts, 80 on Billboard 200. And then it hit 36 peak position in the U.S. on the Billboard 200 hmm. in the week. So, uh, yeah, that was just the, that the album that. as a whole, though, not just the not the singles. You'd think that double platinum, mm-hmm. but really, you know, it went double platinum. But the distance is the only fucking song that I guess I will survive I too. Will survive. But yeah. yeah, yeah, but the distance is really the song that everybody knows. I want to go to Evil because he hasn't really had a chance to talk about Cake. We don't really know what his full thoughts are on Cake. So Evil, what's your relationship with Cake, the band, not the dessert, not the the baked good? Yeah, uh, I have a question first before we hop in here. I love questions. Obviously, this is both of you guys' top cake album, but in picking this album to do as an episode focus, how much did its recent release on vinyl factor into that? Because apparently it just came out in like June. So I picked this before I knew that release was coming. I know you did that. I I, I just <laughs> wanted to point oh. out that it just, it's, it's <laughs> ironic. Oh, you're picking, you have an inventive way of letting us know that the vinyl just came out. Yeah. Because everyone seemed very excited about that online. Uh, which is kind of cool. Did you pick up the vinyl? I already have this one. Oh. And I actually, it's funny. I was just talking about this this week. Vinyl's starting to do a big collector's edition thing, you know? Yeah. $75 and you get the two (laughs) cool things with the this and the that and the remixed this. And it's like this day and age's greatest hits albums. Mm -hmm. Not a huge fan. That said, I do really want it. alternate covers on comic books in the 90s. Exactly. Yes, exactly. (laughs) I hope it's a sign of things to come because actually Motorcade, Prolonging the Magic, actually everything but Showroom and this album are really hard to get on vinyl by Mm. Cake. Mm. If I want Prolonging or Motorcade, which I really, really do, I can't get them for cheaper than like 250 bucks right now. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Wow. Um, Hey, Cake, come out with your albums on vinyl (laughs) because... They are the type of band that all vinyl nerds would just soak this shit up, right? Absolutely. When I listen to stuff, if I listen to a whole album, I have Spotify set to just continue on. And the stuff that was picked up as being related artists was fascinating. I like that. Super fascinating. Black Keys, White Stripes, Beastie Boys... The first time it was sabotage, and I'm like, awesome. Mm, yeah. <laughs> that just, yeah, nothing sounds like cake, and cake doesn't sound like That's, anything else. That's one of the things that makes them interesting. Exactly what we said in the dissection. They are a one of one band. That, Absolutely, like, nobody else sounds anything Absolutely. like that. Rachel, something that you already said in this episode, because I hate poetry. <laughs> Fucking hate it. But that is the only way that I can think to describe what he does. Yeah. Mm. 
as a frontman vocalist lyricist. It's not spoken word. It's not rap. It's not singing. He's reciting poetry. You asked me, like, what do I think of Cake? I fucking love Cake. It's good. Yeah, they're that like makes me happy. One of the, I, you know, I'm mostly. A I was rock. worried we might be going into REM territory. <laughs> with no, cake with no, you. no, 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 no. Okay. I love okay. Cake. I absolutely love Cake. Anyone who listens, they have pretty strong bead on what my ballpark is. I like rock. <laughs> I like metal. That's but there are these like I call them gadget bands that are <laughs> like Cake. They're like one of ones that are just like Roger Klein of the Peacemakers was one of them. Mm-hmm. Clutch is one of them. Although they're a little heavier, so I don't, maybe they don't count. But they're not like a metal band. Yeah, Cake is for sure a band that I've loved for a very long time. This came out in '96, and I enjoyed them at that point. But I got into him much more with Prolonging the Magic and Comfort Eagle. Those are that that is my wheelhouse for cake. So I hadn't listened to this album as a whole for a very long time. And going into prep work for the episode, I found myself wanting to listen to the other stuff. I just know it better. I feel it vibes with me a little better. And I figured out some things I think that contribute to that. As I listened to this album more and more. It grew on me quite a bit. Damn it. What? (laughs) I wanted to pick a different song for your favorite Mm. song. (laughs) Really? Should have had your notes out. Prolonging the Magic or Comfort Eagle, what's your favorite out of those Um, two? That's hard. That's what she said. I probably would put Prolonging the Magic as my top one, Comfort Eagle 2, and this is my third favorite. Rachel, this was your favorite Cake album by far, or was it close? It was close to Prolonging the Magic, honestly. This has more songs that I like in it, but that's, I mean, they're two years apart. This is when I was listening to music the most. Mm -hmm. Probably, maybe there's a couple more on here that I mesh well with. Yeah, I loved the song The Distance would listen to it all the time. And I went over to a buddy's house. We were practicing for a three-on-three basketball tournament. He was bringing out music to listen to while, you know, this is back in the day where you have boombox and and CDs. And we were picking CDs. I was like, oh, the distance. And just put that on repeat. That's a great basketball. And he's like, no, 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 idiot. (laughs) Listen to this whole album. And he turned it on. And ever since that moment, I've been hooked. This entire album is mind-blowing to me. But... The Distance is maybe the only one that's good for three-on-three basketball. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So Greg Brown actually wrote it. Mm -hmm. I think this was the only song that he wrote. I think John, the lead singer, had a pretty hard time with that. Mm. The fact that the guitar player wrote the song that... Blew up. Put them (laughs) in the stratosphere for all of eternity. Mm. Yeah. From what I, I remember in interviews and stuff like that, yeah, that was a problem because... Brown didn't stay in the band. Mm-mm. Guitar player that wrote it left. And I think that was a big part of it. Yeah. Did any of you read anything like that? Not that, but I did come across someone who said that they were at a show fairly recently, I think. Cake was getting close to ending the set. The audience, I don't know what the situation was, but it sounded like the audience was maybe getting a little restless. And he's like, fine, we'll get to it. We know you're all here to hear the distance. We're going to play a couple more songs, then we can play it. And then you can go home and fuck your girlfriends. And <laughs> like, <laughs> so if that story's true, I can I can see him having a little bit of if that sucks. I don't know. You hear that all the time for because here's the thing, and I'm not at all saying Cake is a one hit wonder. They are not, but Mm-mm. and they had other pop hits too. They had like No Phone and what was the one on Prolonging yeah. Magic? Uh, Never, Never there? there. Yeah. 
yeah. was big off there. I mean, they had other radio hits, but this one was the, you always hear about that of bands that are like, people go to their yeah. show and they're like, play whatever. It's like, fuck man, we have so many other songs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised Short Skirt Long Jacket isn't. That was big. I mean, that's, that's huge. That was, yeah. so I love the TV show Chuck and that was like the intro to that show. I know, was it? Just, they played that song for that. the intro to Chuck. You know what was amazing? Did you ever see that music video for Short Skirt Long Jacket? Oh, yeah, yeah. They go on the street, and this is back when, you know, you had Walkman disc bands and stuff. <laughs> yep. And they just stop people on the street, and they're like, hey, we just want to know what you think about this song. And they put the mm-hmm. headphones on them, and the people would just be reacting to what they heard. I do remember that. <laughs> Where was I going with that? Oh, yeah. Staying on the distance, I guess, first concentrating on the fact that Brown wrote that. Yeah. I, didn't I don't know what we want to go if we want to go talking the distance or talking about the guitar in Cake and particularly this album. Rachel, are you a, I fucking love the distance. Are you a, yeah, I get it. I've heard it 7 million times. What are you? Both. If that's possible. I think that, like I said, last time I didn't really dig too much into the lyrics. I knew all the lyrics, but I never looked at them. So it never really sunk in that there was a story being told. Mm -hmm. What do you think it's about? I wrote down some of the lyrics because they're so fucking good. Like you had Mm -hmm. said, literal poetry being sung. Yeah. As they speed through the finish, flags go down. The fans get up. They get out of town. The arena is empty except for one man. He's still driving and striving as fast as he can. The sun has gone down. The moon has come up. And long ago, someone left with a cup. But he's driving, he's driving, hugging the turns. And he's thinking of someone for whom he still burns. This guy lost whatever race competition that he was that he was competing in. But he's so obsessed with winning that he's maybe redriving the track repeatedly. And his woman's at home... <laughs> waiting for wow, him. you took this extremely literal, didn't you, Rachel? <laughs> I really... Yeah, no. It just screams of obsessive behavior of wanting to be the best at something and not being it. Yeah. This feels like someone who had something but missed the point and kept pushing so hard in a direction that he lost everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The only giveaway I ever really thought there was to this song, but you know, they always kind of could be bullshit is the music video. It wasn't sports shit. It was dude in a suit Mm -hmm. businessman. Yeah. The one person in the relationship that is just fucking working to this 12 hour days to this imaginary goal this is hitting home so hard right now for me (laughs) (laughs) and just like away in a hotel and you know just i don't want to say particularly americans but americans we've all been brought up and trained to you work Mm -hmm. that's what you do Mm -hmm. you work your fucking ass off you work if you don't work until you die you don't have anything to be proud of meanwhile Mm -hmm. you know your kids at home your significant other is at home or maybe in the lyrics that's something that kind of hit me is that flags go down the fans get up they get out of town Mm -hmm. like nobody cares that this Mm -hmm. guy is just beating the shit out of himself for this goal he's ruining his own life to what end or it could be you know maybe it's a good thing so I'll say that I'm not trying to say that I am an athlete by any means or anything like that, but I used to do marathons and I used to had a little training thing for a specific company and I was doing, I was into it. And this was the fucking song. (laughs) There was not a morning that I wasn't listening to this. Mm -hmm. I do feel this thing from this song that is, it doesn't fucking matter if you get your ass kicked, just stay there and just keep working until the other person is not working anymore and you're going to get better. It's I sent something to evil today. I was just going to bring that up. He he sent me something about 
Kobe Bryant and how he was revered by other players in the NBA for having such drive. And Mm -hmm. I've always admired Kobe, but he can't talk about drive in the NBA without the elephant in the room, which is Michael Jordan. And the point that I brought up is that, you know, in many ways, Kobe was better than Jordan. You could make that argument. I'm not making that. One could say that, (laughs) but should one? No, but should no. Uh, I'm not making that argument. But the argument I will make is that Kobe may have wanted to win as much or more than Jordan Nobody on the face of the planet wanted to lose less than Jordan. He hated losing right. yeah. so much. And that's what set him apart from everybody else. Some of these lyrics give me like Gordon Gecko, Wall Street, American Psycho <laughs> vibes a little bit. Sure. <laughs> there is a reason that a lot of people who achieve high levels of success are cracked a little bit because they need that to get to those those plateaus there has to be a little bit of piece of shit in you yeah because you are going to not necessarily intentionally but you are going to end up taking advantage of people that you're in relationships and things like that you know you're gonna end up sacrificing a lot of their time and for what your goals are right we didn't talk about the musicality of the song Mm. The beginning with him doing the spoken word with that unbelievable bass line. So one of the things, and I hate that I keep saying this, but one of the things we talked about in the dissection is that I consider them very much a funk soul band. Hmm. And because of that, their bass lines, to me, it's the bass in Cake that stands out and in every song is just fucking amazing. So you've got the spoken word and the bass at the beginning. But that guitar riff during the chorus Mm. oh my god the tone is so good so much good guitar and you know back then Mm -hmm. you weren't getting that back then you were getting soft loud soft power chords with distortion and he's like nope i'm doing a fucking lick and oh my god so very good i spent a lot of time going back and forth between this album the next two and then i'd rewind and i'd go through motorcade what is it about prolonging the magic and comfort eagle that I gravitate towards, it is the bass. They had a bass player and then they had a second bass player and they both left the band before their debut album came out. Yeah. Uh, Victor Damiani is credited as the bass player on both Motorcade and this album, except for, and this was interesting to me, mm-hmm. I went back and looked at Motorcade. Gabe Nelson, who is the bass player, was their second bass player, left the band. He came back to the band for Prolonging the Magic, Comfort Eagle, and... Wasn't the only one he wasn't there for was Fashion Nugget, Well, right? he he is only right. on four tracks of Motorcade. Oh, okay. And what's interesting are those are four of my favorite tracks on that album. Mm. Oh. Uh, Jolene, oh. Is This Love, Rock and Roll Lifestyle, and I Bomb Korea. Those are all him playing yeah. bass. The bass lines on this album are, the, the one, the tone is like monstrous. Mm-hmm. Damiani has monster tone. And he has some yeah. absolutely iconic bass lines on this. But the distance is one of those, it's a huge example. That's a good point, though. Uh, you're right. When I think prolonging the magic, I'm thinking of so, like hemming your garment and mm-hmm. thinking comforting. You're right. The bass is so much more prominent. It's different. He plays with more feel. Yeah. So Gabe Nelson walks around the fretboard more. He plays higher notes more. He play any mm-hmm. like Damiani does what a good bass player should. He holds down the beat. Musicians yeah. will know it's not the drummer, it's the bass player who is the heartbeat of things. 
And he yeah. does a mm-hmm. tremendous job at that. Gabe Nelson is more, he's got a little more stank on his play. He's got a little more feel. <laughs> stank on. He does, man. It just, and mm-hmm. I think that's why those next two albums, they're like feel good albums to me. This album's not a feel good album. Having said that, the bass playing on this album is monstrous. It's, it's yeah. amazing. Uh, let's get to the covers. So this is one of my favorite bands for covers. I yeah. think that almost every cover I've ever heard them do is incredible. Evil, have you heard their version of War Pigs? <laughs> of course. <laughs> my God. It's, it's one so of the best good. covers of period. I keep forgetting that you and I saw them live together. Right. And I think they played War Pigs. They did. Rachel, I kind of already know, but you're just going to have to say it again. How much do you love the covers on this album? So much. So much that it was hard to pick my favorite <laughs> yeah. out of the two covers. Oh, pick there's them. three. What's the... Oh. Perhaps, so perhaps, perhaps. I Will Survive, Perhaps, I will survive, has, and Sad and Songs and Waltzes. Sad Songs and Waltzes. I have not heard Sad Songs and Waltzes by anyone else. So to me, that was not a cover, even though it is a cover. It wasn't a oh, cover in my head. you mean like you um, never heard Willie... You didn't hear Willie Nelson's version. I get I haven't it. heard the other I version, yeah. yeah. Fabulous covers. Mm. Like... I I have I have no words. They're <laughs> they're the most perfect covers. We talked about the last episode about Gloria Gaynor hating this version of I Will Survive because he says fuck in it. But it's so <laughs> he says fuck. perfect. It's the best fuck there is. Like it was that version was in like <laughs> five films, I think. Dumbest, simplest guitar solo. <laughs> <laughs> and I will survive. It's so fucking good. God, you're so right. It's so silly. Just railing on one <laughs> fucking oh, note and that. they're just going to... Yeah. It's like a noise that something electronic would make that when it was breaking. <laughs> that, God, that is... God, it's so fucking the good. The soundscapes that they're, they arrange and put together are fucking genius. Yeah. All of their albums have some interesting thing like that where it's like out of left field and but you're you're so right that's like the dumbest guitar solo so simple but it just rips <laughs> well who who does that who's like what do you guys think of this and then They're start like, playing like yeah, yeah man <laughs> yeah but Perfect. then when he's doing that and that mm. trumpet comes mm-hmm. in the rocky-esque trumpet thing like oh my god it's so mm-hmm. fucking good <laughs> Once again, like his two different guitar tones. So he has this this really open, soft, but warm, light distortion, loud tone. And then he's got this backed up, muffled. Because of that, he gets this super muffled, super tinny, this tone that no guitarist would play and think, oh, that is what <laughs> you need to be in a song. Like it doesn't make any sense and it works so perfectly. All of these like little tricks that they do, they are so economical with them. They don't overdo any of those things. Yeah. Like they have such restraint in using that they stuff. They use a lot of vibra slap. <laughs> <laughs> they might use a little too much vibra slap. <laughs> Let's talk some lyrics though. Rachel, are there any specific songs? I know how much you like talking about, you know, testicles in river mirrors. And, <laughs> and I silk, hated that lyric. Silk, it was, silk dresses and breasts. It's really when and, I'm like looking into the lyrics, I'm really creating these images in my head. <laughs> and so the dice and the testi- testicles in the rear view, I was just... But even the, the guitar tone in Race Car Yaya's, or that guitar riff, it's not even a riff. Like, what the fuck is that? But anyway, sorry. Go ahead. They're fabulous. You said this 
isn't spoken word, but it kind of feels like a lot of it is. You're right. Because it feels like he just happens to be at a poetry slam and there just happens to be a bass player <laughs> and some keyboards <laughs> and the guitar behind him. Yeah, especially like race car yayas. Mm-hmm. It totally is spoken word. You're absolutely yeah. right. Because th- that is, that's totally spoken word. You know, Nugget too. Nugget is. Yeah. Nugget's not, it doesn't even sound like spoken word. It just sounds like he's like fucking talking. Yeah. Maybe it's because when I think spoken word, I think slam poetry. And with slam poetry, you have to be more, this is slam poetry. <laughs> <laughs> you sound like a horrible AI radio DJ. <laughs> <laughs> Something I appreciate about their lyrics is they're not dumbed down, but they're not complex, if that makes any sense. Absolutely. They're still making you think, but I'm not having to overanalyze things to understand. But the lines just hit home so hard. The meaning behind she's gone and she's wearing your red sweater. Mm -hmm. The fucking meaning Mm. behind that line. Yeah. Whatever emotions from whatever relationship and that you have doesn't have you know some physical article of i could talk about that line for like an hour it's fucking amazing he has a ton of stuff like that part of it and the whole band you could give credit to for doing this is if you just read the lyrics they're cool and meaningful but his Mm -hmm. the timing of his delivery surgical and the whole guitar parts the bass parts everything the drums the trumpet everything is like that the way he splits up sentences and puts inflection and pauses and stuff. That is that delivery. It mm-hmm. adds so much to what are already very clever and poignant lyrics. It is not, but it feels like iambic pantameter. Yeah, yeah. That was dog heads of state who ride and wrangle, who look at your face mm-hmm. from more than one angle, will cut you from your bloated budgets. It's like sharpen knives through chicken <laughs> that McNuggets. <laughs> that whole fucking song. <laughs> Holy fuck. It's oh, so it is good. God, it's so good. And that's not even touching on what the fucking chorus is. Another one from the distance that I didn't go through, which is bowel shaking earthquakes yeah. of doubt and remorse. He's just got it. The intro, the very first things that he says, we know of an ancient radiation that haunts dismembered constellations. Mm-hmm. What? <laughs> dismembered constellations. He like anthropomorphizes constellations with that in a way that I... Boy. Yeah. And then Ray Rachel brought up the visualization part, Mm -hmm. the uh, old man. uh, An old man sits collecting stamps in a room all filled with Chinese lamps. He saves what others throw away. He says that he'll be rich someday. Yeah, that's a great one. Holy Mm -hmm. fuck, dude. That motherfucker can write. Yep. So we kind of talked about the goofiness with the spoken word and that, you know, we've got race car yayas and stick shifts and safety belts is a real fun. And then you even have Italian leather sofa, which is... The meaning behind it is actually pretty dark. Mm-hmm. This girl couldn't give two shits about this guy, but he's loaded. And he doesn't give a fuck about her, but she's hot. They're just going to live their life being rich and hot. And they've got their Italian leather sofa and fake tits. And yep. she doesn't care whether or not he's an island. As long as his ship's coming in. Island. Like, holy yep. fuck, dude. <laughs> God damn, that's so good let's have him on ask him about his fucking that's a great idea i'm gonna be completely up front i had kind of decided a while ago that this was not going to be a 10 out of 10 it's going to be a 9 out of 10 because there are three covers on it i am super talking myself into this maybe being a 10 out of 10 (laughs) (laughs) give yourself a couple more drinks we haven't talked about daria so i'm gonna be honest i fucking hated this song (laughs) i absolutely hated this song and then i started listening to this more and more 
and it's the one that grew on me the most out of the entire album. What does he say? Do you have the lyrics in, in front of you? Yeah. What does he say uh, when you tried to... Something about something, something, seeing only what was bad. I was cleaning uh, oil from beaches, seeing only what was bad. Could never figure that line out. Thank you. I was cleaning oil from beaches, yeah. seeing only what was bad. Like, o- what does that mean? Oil spills? When, well, no, I know what an oil spill is, but what? Why would he throw that in there? Well, like, is that this guy's job? He's a, when you tried to tell me of all the love you had, I was cleaning oil from beaches, seeing only what was bad. Like, I wasn't seeing what you were trying to give to me because I was focused on this hugely negative, or just and I wasn't able to see the good that you were trying to give to me. Because I was focusing on the bad stuff. Yeah. I am almost in the same boat as Evil of where I didn't love the song. But the more I listened to it, it was Stockholm-y. And so now it's good. Mm-hmm. But also, <laughs> so <you're> saying- <laughs> like the 90s kid in me was like, what came first? This song or the show, Daria? The show the, was first, the I cartoon. think, right? Uh, it was after. Daria was? Yeah, I think it was 98. No, Hold on. no. Really? No, or maybe wait. It was no. Two years, it no. was either two years before or two years after. It had to be Mother, before. If I'm wrong. Uh, 97, so, bitches. There were. What? Really? Yeah. Uh, That's shocking. The Daria episode, The Road Warrior, featured the song Frank Sinatra. <gasps> the song Daria was used as the closing credits for The New Kid, and Friend is a Four Letter Word was the closing credit theme of episode 13 of season four. That's beautiful. Wow. And that's fucking Fashion Nugget, man. If you don't know Fashion Nugget, you should just go... I mean, shit, man. They did just come out with a vinyl. I have an older vinyl. Still works. Um, (laughs) Get the family in the uh, room with the meat. You get the family in the room with the music, (laughs) and you turn on the music. What was that? I don't don't know why. (laughs) That just sounded like a sentence that fucking Bill Cosby would have said. That was your Bill Cosby voice. (laughs) That was my Bill Cosby voice. You get the family and the music and the jello pudding pop. Are we still doing Cosby? Is that... And you put the pills into people. (laughs) David. (laughs) Oh, my God. Um, (laughs) Honestly, though, uh, Fashion Nugget is one of my favorite pictures ever of my daughter is one of the first times she ever just sat down and listened to an album. It's just her in a big easy chair with the vinyl right next to her and big old headphones on her and she's just listening real intently and it's fucking fashion nugget. We got to do some awards and categories. We will take a break. We'll be right back. have the facial expression tonight, Rachel, that every time you look to the camera, it looks like you've got like, you're missing something. So we are back. Let's do some awards and categories, everyone. I'm going to try to do something tonight. You guys just have to help me out. I'm trying to go no notes on the awards. I'm going to see if I can mm. remember what awards go what. It's a bold strategy. I know. Let's see if it plays out. It won't. Um, but I do have to go to my notes for the first award because the first award is the David Crosby Meh Award Yay. for bad reviews. <laughs> this is by Carol Rhodes, written in 2001. The title of the review is Could Not Write Themselves Out of an Open Box. Oh. The lyrics to the song The Distance make no real sense. There are ciphers from some non-human Hollywoodized feelings. Don't kid yourself that there is any substance, angst, or cleverness here. This is pulpy tripe 
all the way. And if you buy it, you need a brain transplant because you've got the creativity and wit of a dead cactus. These lyrics are as contrived as can be. You like this stuff? Ellipsis. It follows that you're also a big fan of Survivor and Big Brother and your cousin's been on Cops twice. One star. Your cousin. That's clever. I've never heard that before. <laughs> that was a... Um... To think this album sucks because it's unintelligent is really weird for me. Yeah. This was just so well written <laughs> that I just, my eyeballs from rolling them in the back of my head right now. <laughs> that was so ridiculously off. Yeah. yeah. DMX award. We're all going to say the same thing, right? What makes them unique is their cake. Mm. Yes. No one sounds like them. They don't sound like anything else. At all. I mean, she doesn't care if he's an island. Yeah. They're an island. No, she doesn't care. I don't know. That was terrible. <laughs> Edit that and post, please. <laughs> oh, no. That shit stayed. I loved it. I loved it. The deadpan, sarcastic presentation of lyrics. The vocals mm-hmm. are like nothing else. It's funny. It's it's like post. Malone? <laughs> Not really. This nothing was, like this post. It's nothing like post. For sure. <laughs> we got to uh, the '90s as a quote-unquote cool culture. We got to singles, mm. and a mm-hmm. couple of years later, we got to this, which was kind of the opposite of that. <laughs> like there was a big correction there. Okay, but Post Malone was born in '95, so this actually was Post Malone. Stop talking about Post Malone. It wasn't. Oh, that was a good Malone. one. <laughs> that, that, that was, was good. good, actually. <laughs> influences and influences. Influences. Oh my God, Sinatra, jazz. Country music, Latin music, mm-hmm. just music. 70s soul, 70, 70s funk. Beat poetry. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> Gregory sure. Corso. Yes. You know, influencees. I've never heard a band try to do cake. Me neither. But I do think there's a little bit of that Black Keys-ish, Jack White-ish sort of, you know, riffy thing, That's but like not a, really. Just a piece um, of what they do. Uh, yeah. Rachel, in its time or now, overrated, underrated, properly rated. Um, I remember it getting a lot of attention uh, it when I distance. was a kid. So I feel like it was properly rated in its time. As far as now, I think it's admired. I don't think it's... Especially with the new release. Yeah. Fancy vinyl. I think it was underrated in its time by the media. Mm. Probably properly rated mm. by f- normal people, by fans. Sure. I'm looking on the Wikipedia. All Music has it at two and a half stars. Chicago Tribune, mm. two and a half stars. That's true. Jesus. Um, and it could have done better on charts. Yeah, like music critics, and I use that term loosely, didn't really care for it at the time. <laughs> but I think in retrospect, they revere it and they just caught up with public opinion because I think people enjoyed it at the time and thought it was great. People are going to say that uh, about us when they talk about Drake in 20 years. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, never mind the Bullocks. We kind of already touched on this. Mm-hmm. It's my favorite album. It's really, really close with prolonging the magic, but it is my favorite album. We know Evils and we know Rachel's. Yep. Yeah, I, I can understand the perspective of it being ranked number one, but not by Miles. No. Rachel, John Paul Jones Award, I hope. Yes, it is. I struggled thinking of somebody to add, but I thought there's a lot of good guitar on here. Stay with me. Brian Setzer? Really? Yeah, because I almost felt them going that direction a couple I times. I realize that this is a talking yeah. thing. But I, I can't. I'm Use the words, David. Yeah. I'm like. <laughs> think of like the electro tone with. The problem with that for me is I cannot picture 
a Brian Setzer sound without it just being a full on Brian, like, you know, yeah. stray just cats kind of just his guitar, just straight straight rockabilly. They flirt with it here and there. Mm-hmm. It would be cool on a song or two if there was a track or two. I loved watching you math that in your head. You're like, hold on, that was really hard to trust me. This isn't a I think this should happen scenario. This is more of a thought experiment. It goes back to my comments on on the bass. I wonder if this album would be better or worse if they had their later bass oh, player on. Like, oh, yeah. I, I mean, if they had Gabe on this, I don't know if these songs would work with yeah. his playing. Honestly, I know that I gravitate to the stuff that he plays on a little bit more, but that doesn't mean that he would be better on these yeah. songs. The Teach Him Young Award. I said the distance. Uh, my daughter heard it, fucking loved it. That's the uh, answer. That, Next question. <laughs> okay. That's the answer. <laughs> yeah. That's the answer for their entire catalog. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. the song. We are on the John Popper Award. Yes. Right? Evil, what's your John Popper Award? It is, and it, the reason why is because I hated it and it grew on me. Wow. It's the chorus for Daria. Wow. Yeah. It worked its way into my brain with repeated listens. His weird, like, Sinatra-esque poetry delivery I won't be soothed over like smooth over like milk, silk, a bedspread or a quilt icing on a cake or a serene translucent mm-hmm. lake. I mean, <laughs> that that was it for me. I mean, the real answer is the distance, but <laughs> I have to be interesting. I went away from the distance as well. The one that I hated the most and then ended up liking I need you here with me, not over there in the bucket seat. That one got stuck in my head. That's and so maybe that's great. Maybe that really liking is. it more didn't thing to say. Maybe it's more of that's what got stuck in my head the most. It's a great hook. Wait, I didn't nope. say mine, did I? Say it. Shut nope. the fuck and buck up. up. Learn to buck <laughs> up. I mean, how do you not love going into a chorus and just hearing "shut the fuck up"? Oh it's my just God, a good life so lesson. Good. John Prine, best lyric award. Evil. In a room all filled with Chinese lamps, he saves what others throw away. He says that he'll be rich it's someday. So fucking good. Um, Rachel, um, what you got? I'm going to rewind to you and shut the fuck up. Learn to buck up is what I had written. <laughs> it's just so clever. It's good. I liked it. Beyond the sun that guards this roost, beyond your flowers of flaming truth, beyond your latest ad campaign. Mm. It's also good. Prerequisiting. It's really hard to pick favorite lyrics. I mean, they, I would have really just put is. LOL because there's just, yeah, there's 800 fucking. Because I put yeah, also all of the distance. Agreed. Eddie Van Halen Award, Evil. Just like with the lyrics, I could pick a number of songs where the trumpet comes in and makes the song for me. Yeah. I picked Italian Leather Sofa because it's fantastic in it. I was on a walk trying to pick and I just, it could have been multiple instances of that. His trumpet playing on this, I think it's the best of their catalog. I just like the guitar on so much (laughs) of this nugget on the chorus. Sounds a little rockabilly. Yeah. Uh, Stick shifts and safety belts had some great stuff in there too. Oh yeah, it did. I said... Either, we already talked about both, the guitar solo for I Will Survive Mm. or the beginning of Open Book. Two different guitar parts that are playing on Open Book are unreal. They're so good. Which leads us to Time of Your Life Award? 
Williams or for Rosa? Oh, damn. So it. close. I think it flows beautifully. Same. I, yeah. I don't think it's a... That was really easy, <laughs> which is why I went directly to the Time of Your Life Award. <laughs> right. Rachel, what's the worst song on this album? The least good song on this album, Race Car Yaya's. Really? I don't know. Yeah. Ba-na-na-na. I really hated Friend Was a Four Letter Word, but for some reason that one, I liked it more and more as I listened to it. Oh, Okay. Anyway. Mine is actually She'll Come Back to Me. I don't know if it's its placement. That's a hard thing to do to be in between nugget and italian leather sofa especially when it's that much of a kind of a soft easy old school obvious country chord kind of song Mm -hmm. that's the only song that i'm like should i skip this yeah this was a moving target for me Mm. and once again it's not a bad song it's just least good and it'll probably change again i was with you for a little while she'll come back to me but I like the pedal steel guitar on it. And that, and so I went with it's coming down just because I don't have a better answer mm. at this point. Wow. Really? All over the place. Yep. Oh, I love it's coming down. Though. I do too, but I, like. <laughs> she's gone and she's wearing your red sweater. Yeah, that's. Mm. And the three best songs on the album. Number. Th- God, this is. I know the three. The order is what's hard. So just because it's so. Uh, no, I can't do that. Number three is Frank Sinatra. Mm. God, I feel like that should be number one. It's such a beautiful, such an amazing Mm. song. It's such a ballsy track one to me. Number two, it might be, if there would be a way to sat down and figure out what song I've listened to the most in my life, it's probably The Distance Mm. by Kate. Wow. I really honestly think it might be that. It's because of all that running. That's a good episode idea. Hmm. Mark that down, David. (laughs) My number one, I just think it's an absolutely perfect song. I think every single part in it is just unbelievable. Every word, and that's open book. (sighs) Son of a bitch. Evil, what about you? My number three, I don't know if this is really the number three, but I'm picking it. Because it's the one that I've talked about growing on me the most, and it's Daria. I couldn't get it out of my head. I think it's because it swung so far because I hated (laughs) it. And then I found myself like singing it while I wasn't. I'm like, oh, fuck, man. (laughs) My number two is Frank Sinatra. I'm going to echo you. That is a bold opener. And it's Mm -hmm. so good. So good lyrically. It just, that's a brilliant track. The Distance is the standout on here, and it's kind of stupid to pick that as number one, but it is. I mean, God, that song is Mm -hmm. so good. It is so good. Honestly, it's the John Popper. It's the Eddie Van Halen. It really is. But that would be dumb if we did that. Uh, So it's my number one. If I could have changed my answer, which I was right, so that would have been dumb, but I would have done it, would have been race car yaya's actually really there's something about that guitar that is just such a nasty yeah. i remember just hearing it and coming on and like oh my god evil's gonna just like when he That's studies this song, he's gonna melt <laughs> it is cool i just think you should preempt this episode with take a drink every time david makes a musical sound with his mouth (laughs) because you have imitated so many instruments tonight (laughs) you know what bands give me the fucking rights to your fucking albums so that we can talk about them and then people can know about them Mm -hmm. and we can play the parts of the songs and then people will say hey i want that song but we can't so instead your friendly idiot neighborhood dl has to go (laughs) fuck man i guess it's more labels than bands probably both rachel what are your favorite number three surprise entry stick shifts and safety belts 
I can see the Brian Setzer idea. That makes more sense. Yeah. I could, I could see him on that. Number two, I put the distance because it's the do, distance. Do, 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 and it's fabulous. Do, do, do. Uh, and number one was a tie between my two favorite covers. Mm-mm. It is. It is. Mm-mm. Uh, mm-hmm. I will survive and perhaps, perhaps, perhaps because I couldn't choose because they're both fantastic. Bam, so they bam, get to bam, share a spot. Bam, 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 bam. Wow. They were just such clever covers. Yeah. They are. Did Some you guys spots. talk about the B-Sides and Rarities album? We talked about how great their covers yeah. were. Okay. And we mentioned, we did mention, like we mentioned B-Sides and Rarities, but we didn't have it as part of the day section because or anything. Because you could technically Rick roll someone with cake. They did cover Never Gonna oh, Give You Up. Yeah, <laughs> you totally yeah. could. I'm not saying anyone Maybe should they did do it that, that or we should make it a thing, but... <laughs> but if we wanted to... I'll just leave that there. Never gonna give you up. Rachel, who won this album? Poets that have always wanted to be in a band. I think this was very aspirational for people that are poets that can write lyrics. I said Greg Brown. Oh, Um, yeah. Every single song, unbelievably unique parts, unbelievably unique sound. Yeah. If you are a guitar person, there's no way that you can't just put this on and just fucking every song just, yeah. Uh, Evil, what about you? He hasn't won it yet because he's still going the distance. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it did. It won it. Rachel, rate this album. I'm going to say 8 out of 10. Where it did flow very well, there were parts that were slower for me that I didn't love. Friend is a four-letter word for some reason. I think the reason I struggled with that song so much is because you have these two bangers and then go right into friend is a four-letter word. It, It stopped for a second for me. Evil, what about you? Coming in, I was like, this is probably going to be a 7. It's close to a nine for me i'll give it like an 8.9 and it's grown from 8.75 to 8.9 as we've done this episode oh love it it's just it's grown on me a ton me too which is funny because i've always loved this album look as arbitrary and stupid as rankings are (laughs) i still just have just decided to take it seriously for the podcast there's three covers on this album. I can't give it a 10 out of 10. It's a 9 so out of 10. Good. I completely agree, but it's not their songs. They didn't write them. They made them better. I mean, let's be careful there with the original <laughs> I Will Survive. And the original Perhaps, Perhaps, Perhaps. And the original Sad Song. You know what? You just pissed <laughs> off a lot of people, Rachel. They're all old and don't listen to it anyway. We're fine. Yeah, it's a 9 out of 10. It feels weird saying that because I, I fucking love this album so much. And that's Fashion Nugget, you guys. We did it. We did it. good. Join us next week. Join me next week. I'm doing my last Great Search episode of the year, adding my equation to a female and three bands that we have talked about, all four on this podcast Mm -hmm. uh, in the past. So I'm going to see which one of those are favorites. And if they do take the place of my current favorite band of all time, according to the equation, Cake. Whoa. Versecoursefirst.com at versecoursefirstpod. You can follow us everywhere. Mostly on TikTok. <laughs> Maybe don't go to TikTok. <laughs> Slide into his DMs on TikTok. Send some comments. Yeah. <laughs> no holds barred. Rachel, I will see you and Evil when we do our next episode together, whenever that is. I think it's all three of one of our favorites that we get to do in a year, right? For sure. Rachel, thank you so much for making a cake. Yeah. I just wish I could share it. It's awesome. I wouldn't be eating out of it the way I am if I was sharing my cake. Get out of it. (laughs) 
<laughs> we can all have forks. We can all just go crazy. It'd be fine. I'm eating out of a cake. <laughs> oh, no. Evil, thank you as well for joining us. I'm glad that we could turn you around on Daria. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody, your class acts. Good night and good luck. <laughs> <laughs>